The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Hi, Providence families. Thank you for joining us again. I'm Andy Owens, the pastor of Family Discipleship. Once again, I'm joined by a savage, savage man, Daniel Savage, that is. Daniel, would you like to defend yourself? Uh, no, I've... I am a savage and have always been one. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here with me today. Um, uh, This week we're discussing chapter three of Don Whitney's little book, Family Worship. This is the most practical chapter of the book. This is the nuts and bolts. Uh, How do you lead family worship? His answer is three simple words, three syllables even. Read, pray, sing. So Daniel, uh, let's jump right in and talk about reading the Bible as a family. Um, how should families decide what passage to read for family worship? So I think um, they shouldn't overcomplicate it. Um, I think having some sort of plan is helpful. And by plan, I mean systematically reading through some book of the Bible is probably the best. So um, reading through a book of the Bible, starting the beginning, reading sections at a time. Like a whole chapter? Um, I think it depends on how old your kids are, but I think um, more like sections. So okay. I'm thinking about the book of Mark. We're reading through that right now uh, as a church, and so we're we're using that in our family uh, worship time in the mornings. And I don't typically read the whole chapter to the kids. I pick one paragraph or section okay. that I read to them, and we discuss that. And, and I think... Reading through a book that way just eases the burden of trying to figure out what you're going to read, trying to find the right passage for the day. You just you're reading through a book of the Bible. Plus, I think that has some advantages. Yeah, and it has some advantages in terms of teaching. You're um, showing them that the Bible is not individual, random, haphazard collection of stories. Right? Right. God has he has actually inspired it in this order as well. Yeah, that's good. Okay. so one of the things Dr. Whitney talks about is that uh, when your kids are younger, you might want to focus more on narrative passages, mm-hmm. um, sh- both short passages and also narrative. That's stories. Uh, that's you know maybe focusing on the Gospels, focusing on some of the Old Testament narratives, but less complex uh, passages for the sake of younger kids. Um, what about... Uh, ha- um, any time where you would ever recommend using something other than just the Bible, whether it's a storybook Bible or a devotional book, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think uh, using the Bible is always important, uh, but I do think that there are other really helpful tools out there, especially for uh, younger kids. Uh, we used the Jesus Storybook Bible a lot. Sally, Lord, um, Sally Lloyd-Jones. That's right. And uh, that was really helpful when the kids were really young. Um, I've always tried to incorporate actually reading the Bible, um, but I did that far less when they were younger. And we would use those stories that she's put together to talk about big ideas and to talk about God and the gospel. Um, so I think that those tools are really helpful. I, I think uh, in addition, you know, other kinds of devotionals, and things can be helpful, and I think you guys are going to highlight some of those on That's the right. website. We are, we are, yeah. So for us, we um, we also uh, used storybook Bibles. We loved David Helm's Big Picture Story Bible. 
uh, Marty Mikowski's Gospel Story Bible. That's more appropriate for elementary age kids, probably. Um, we typically didn't actually use those during family worship time. We would just read a small passage from the Bible, and we would read those storybook Bibles at other times. We'd do them as part of the bedtime routine or just read them during free time. And so we kind of had a combination of both, but those are really helpful, as are some of the other um, resources that are um, some of the devotional guides that, that we're going to highlight on the website and um, for our families is that they, they take more of a systematic approach. Instead of just going through one section of Scripture, they try to help uh, families think about what Christians have always believed and taught. What are the major truths, the major doctrines of the Bible what does the Bible have to say about the Bible and about God and about humanity and about Christ and redemption and the church? And and so um, it can be helpful in seasons to use a resource like that to um, to give some of this kind of big picture systematic training of uh, what do Christians believe uh, about these things. But I would say at the end of the day, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, we read the Bible. And if you don't ever use anything other than the Bible in family worship times, You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, second element is prayer. Uh, Let's imagine a family in our church. They've not done family worship together. Maybe outside of meals and bedtime, they're not in the habit of praying together very often. How would you encourage them to start? Well, I think uh, the easiest way to get your kids involved in a time of prayer is by um, setting it up by asking them some questions. You can ask them, what would they like to pray about? Uh, one of the things we did when the kids were really young was just ask them one thing that they're grateful for and then have them, after they say it, you know, have them thank God for whatever that thing was. Um, and so that begins to uh, help them to just get familiar with being involved in the prayer time. As they've gotten older, we will sometimes go through and assign you know, different things to each kid. Can, can you pray for this? And can you pray for this? And they will um, do that. And then, you know, based on their age, that those prayers sound a lot different. Sure. Um, our oldest, you know, prays a little bit more and um, can formulate a prayer differently than our youngest, who basically just parrots back, you know, whatever the request was, which sure. is fine. We encourage that and right. uh, and rejoice in the participation. So, yeah. I mean, when our kids were young, we would regularly it, intentionally do that. We would even say phrase after phrase and have them repeat us to learn to pray uh, for, for needs for other people in the family, um, for, for the church, for the nations. Um, yeah. I, the other thing is, as they're just starting out, probably the most important part of it is them listening to you pray. Modeling prayer, that, yeah. That's right. So they, as, you know, they can attempt to pray and you rejoice over that and you encourage them. And then where they're really learning a lot about prayer is just listening to you and how you pray and lift things up to the Lord and um, that's right. how they hear your heart in that. That's right, yeah. Um, so uh, let's just throw out real quick, quickly a couple categories that if a family is going to kind of lead their kids to pray, what are some things that families might pray for together? And I'm thinking things like you can pray for one another, pray for the other people in the room. You can pray for pastors and other church leaders. Mm-hmm. Other ideas? Yeah, you can pray for people that you know who have needs. You know, So if someone that you know is sick, um, that's actually been 
probably the easiest, most tangible way to get our kids involved in prayer um, because they can see the need, they understand the sickness, and uh, it's engaging for them to pray for that person that they know is struggling. And so, you know, if people are sick or struggling in that way, um, also praying for you know our neighbors, uh, yeah. the lost, lost people. Uh, pray, we pray for our church. Um, we can we pray for different pastors of the church. Um, we pray for Brian, you know, as he's preparing for Sunday. Sure. So those different types of things, and in all that, you're teaching them how to pray. Praying for missionaries. Uh, the missions festival was was really great. It spurred us on um, to just pray yeah. for some of those unreached people groups and and things like that. And and one thing you might consider doing um, is to adopt a an unreached people group or two or three. And just rotate through praying for God to send laborers into the harvest field amongst an unreached people group. Pray for workers who are there. If, if there's someone, a, par, a providence partner, um, that's something that we do regularly in our family as well. So those are several ideas, but really there's just tons of freedom when it mm-hmm. comes to prayer, right? Uh, the, the scriptures don't draw any uh, hard, dark lines around how we should pray, what our prayer should look like. And so it's really us acknowledging our weakness, our dependence, our need, and God's strength and God's faithfulness, and leading our children to do the same. So, Yeah, one of the things he mentions in there is connecting at least some piece of your prayer to what you've read in the Bible. What would you say, why is that important? That's important because it it begins to um, let God's word and the priorities of God's word shape our priorities in prayer, right? We, um, in a sense, we hear from God in the word and then we respond to God in prayer. And there should be uh, kind of an ever increasing connection between what we hear from God and ha- what we cry out to God to do. So um, I think, yes, trying to pray from what we've read is a key, um, a key way to be training our kids and to cultivate our own trust and Hope in the Lord. So. That's great. It's good modeling. Okay, uh, singing. Um, third element, I'm guessing a lot of our people might be most hesitant about singing together as a family, right? Uh, it feels awkward. We're insecure about our ability, right? We're no Mark Saloria. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what advice would you give? What encouragement would you give to our families? Um, well, I would say that I am not Mark Saloria and neither <laughs> is Andy. Um, I am most certainly not. <laughs> so it, it really... Uh, it is awkward. I think it's. Just, I think it's good to just acknowledge that. That it, especially starting out, it's different. Uh, it's not something that I grew up doing, singing in the house. Um, so, it uh, my recommendation would be to make it simple. Um, choose songs good. that are easy to sing that hymns. everyone knows. Hymns. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, a lot of tools that you can use in terms of. Um, you know, pull up a YouTube video and sing with that. Uh, sing to. Uh, recordings that the church has created or different things. I, I would use every tool at my disposal, but I do think that singing is important and uh, it's a means of grace that uh, the Lord uses in a unique way to press his truth into our hearts. That's so right. That's right. It, it, it goes deeper. It sticks longer when we sing it, right? I mean, none of us remember the outline of sermons we heard when we were kids, but we can all remember songs mm-hmm. that we heard over and over and sang over and over. And God has made us so that singing both expresses our joy and trust in God and it strengthens and increases our joy and trust in God. So families, I would encourage you to sing together. So, um, 
Dr. Whitney talks about some other things you might do if you have time, catechism, scripture memory, reading other books. Those are all really good things. I would say don't complicate, uh, don't overcomplicate family worship time, though. Those are things you can plug into your day at other spots. If you do family worship after dinner, maybe do a catechism at breakfast or do some scripture memory at bedtime. That's kind of been some of the ways we've done it. Reading books, I think that's something you could do with your kids all the time. But um, but but keep some, keep family worship simple. It'll help you be more consistent, which is kind of where he closes. He has three brief reminders. Be brief, be consistent, and be flexible. So um, with that said, Daniel, would you add anything else to this conversation? I think those are great encouragements. Keep it simple and try to do it as much as you can. Don't give up when uh, you're a little inconsistent. Just keep at it. That's right. Well, let's close with this quote from Matthew Henry. They that pray in the family do well. They that pray and read the scriptures do better, but they that pray and read and sing do best of all. May God make us uh, families who read his word, pray to him, and sing to him together. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.